Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. When you're in the market for a new car, you want a vehicle that conquers your daily commute, easily handles the elements, and looks great too. You need the reliability of a Toyota and the confidence that your investment will last. Why? Because after all the carpools, shopping trips, and weekends out, you want a car that still has plenty of miles left in it and holds its value for a great trade-in deal. That's where Toyota leads the pack as the number one resale value brand for 2024, according to Kelly Blue Book's KBB.com. So check out the all-new, fully redesigned 2025 Camry or test drive a stylish and affordable Corolla sedan or hatchback. And remember, when you choose Toyota, you're not just buying a car for today, you're investing in trade-in value for tomorrow. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals, for more. Vehicles projected resale value is specific to the 2024 model year. For more information, visit kellybluebookskbb.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company, Incorporated. Toyota, let's go places. Gretchen, we are so excited. We are going on tour this fall, back on the road with Happier Hour with Gretchen and Elizabeth. Everyone can come see our disembodied (laughs) voices live on stage. Yeah, plus there's going to be slides. We don't get to show slides on the podcast, but we've got slides. Visuals. Yes. Tickets are now on sale for San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, Chicago, and Kansas City, our hometown. For Providence, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., and Charlotte, tickets will go on sale the week of September 9th. You can get all the information, uh, details, links to buy on GretchenRubin.com slash events. And if you want to make sure you're notified when we're coming to your city um, and more information, sign up for my newsletter at GretchenRubin.com slash hashtag newsletter. Yes, hashtag newsletter. I send out information to keep people notified. Please come bring your friends. We had so much fun meeting our podcast listeners at our live shows earlier this year. We can't wait to meet a whole lot more of you. Yay! Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about strategies and tips for how to build happier habits into our everyday life. This week, we'll talk about why you should stay the course with your good habits. And speaking of good habits, we'll talk about a listener question about how to help someone take their daily medication. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, 
We've talked before about the challenge of taking medication regularly. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in Los Angeles. And yeah, Gretch, um, I actually am having an issue with this. So I'm, I'm interested in this question. Yeah. Well, before we jump in, uh, we want to remind everybody about hashtag Happier Labor Day. We've been talking about this, and we will have a whole full discussion about it in episode 237, which is coming up on September 4th. Um, We want to hear what you're thinking about as you use the holiday of Labor Day as a way to step back and think about, well, what could you do in your work life to be happier? We're really interested to see what people come up with. Yeah, and um, Gretchen, Sarah and I are talking about this also on Happier in Hollywood. In episode 120, we talked to Sherry Salata about um, about Labor Day. She was um, the executive producer of The Oprah Show, which was a huge job. So she yes. has a lot of thoughts on the highs and lows of um, a big job. Well, and Chris Gillibo is going to talk about it on Side Hustle School because I think for a lot of people, Happier Labor Day involves um, thinking about starting or working on a side hustle. So it's very relevant um, to Side Hustle School, too. So this will be super fun. Think about how to be happier at work. Yeah, because Gretchen, as we all know, September is the other January. You yes. talk about this at ha- in Happier at Home. Yeah. Um, it's like a time for a fresh start. Yes. And we can all use fresh starts. And Alyssa, this week, our Try This at Home tip is to stay the course when it comes to your good habits. Yeah. So what does this mean? So, you know, often when we try to make a habit change for the better, it means that we're making a change. And when we Mm -hmm. make a change, it often means that other people also need to make a change. They have to adjust their own habits because our habits have changed. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but um, people <laughs> often resist change. <laughs> it I say happens. That as, it happens. I say this as somebody who's very resistant to change myself. Um, but like if I try to make a change and then I'm inconsistent in making that change, then other people don't adjust. But if, we, if I stay the course, if I hold on to whatever habit that I'm trying to change, whatever change I'm trying to maintain then that helps people to adjust eventually because they get used to whatever I'm doing. Yeah. So it's like, even if it feels uncomfortable to stay your course and just say, no, I've made this decision. I'm going to keep doing it. I don't care if you want me to have a piece of chocolate cake because it's more fun for you. I'm not going to do it. Eventually people will stop offering you chocolate cake. Yeah. And I think the thing to remember is that you have to give them the opportunity to adjust. Like if they're grumbling if they're not cooperative, you know, maybe just like let them get over that hurdle because they're just going through that adjustment period. Don't expect that everybody's going to get on board right away because very often they don't. But if you if you stay the course, then often they will start to cooperate or start to adjust. Yeah, and Gretchen, this comes up quite a bit. People yes. write in to us with questions about sort of how to deal with the fact that people in their lives don't want them to make changes. Yeah. And so to me, the purpose of this segment is really giving all of you out there permission to stay the course. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it is okay to make other people unhappy with your changes. And, you know, they have to adjust. It's like you want to go out and sketch because this is like something that you've always been wanting to do. And so you're getting up early and going sketching on on weekend mornings. And that means that everybody else in your family has to like get up and get going on a weekend morning without you. And they may complain a few times about that or whatever. But if you keep doing it, they will adjust. 
And you have to give them that opportunity to adjust. And you, and you do have to feel permission to be like, it's okay for me to do this, even if everybody else um, isn't on board right away. Yeah. And it's like, if you're expecting no one to be inconvenienced ever yeah. by anything you do, you yeah. may never make <laughs> a desired habit change. No, because I think we often want, we expect that people will be cooperative and helpful and supportive. And sometimes they are, but sometimes they're not, you know, and you don't have to wait for that. Um, and you, and maybe it's not realistic always to expect it. Yeah, Gretchen, this happened to me because Adam um, scheduled his strength training at the Strength Code here in LA every Saturday morning. And I was kind of irritated at first because I was like, well, geez, every Saturday we have to yeah. deal with this. Yeah. But you know what? Over time, I realized, okay, if I want to hike on Saturday morning, I need to make sure I'm back by 930 so Adam has time to get to his weight training. And you know what? It ended up working out fine. And it's actually not a problem. I just had to adjust. Yeah. You have to get it into your head and not be thinking like, it'd be more convenient for me if you did it X way or Y way, or I would rather, you know, it's sort of like, well, this is, this is what's happening. Let's deal with this. Um, But what I found is like, if I hold the line, other people fall in line. And the more consistently Mm -hmm. I hold that line, the more readily other people can cooperate because they adjust. I think when when we're inconsistent, then people don't develop a new habit around it. Like if Adam did that some weeks, but not others, then you wouldn't right. just have it in your head like, oh, I need to be back by 930. It's like it would be more trouble for you because you wouldn't have the consistency that would allow your own habits to take shape. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But what's funny to me, too, is like as somebody who quit sugar, people are often like, but don't people mention it all the time or like make you feel conspicuous or, you know, you feel like a killjoy or whatever. And the funny thing is, it's like now I've done it for so long that people don't even notice. Like they don't even like I'm at a book group party. They don't even hand me a piece of cake because they're like, oh, yeah, Gretchen doesn't eat cake. It's like nobody even thinks about it. It's not Mm -hmm. a burden. Nobody even takes it into account. And I remember I was going to D.C., for a book event. And so I emailed a friend and I was like, you know, are you around? Do you want to get dinner? And she emailed back and she said, yeah, I'll make a reservation. Do you have any like odd food requirements these days? Because like, I always have odd food requirements. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, I do have odd. Thank you for asking because I always do have odd food requirements. It's like, they're just like, oh, that's discretion. That's just the way she is. Like everyone has sort of incorporated that into their idea Mm -hmm. of me. And so they've adjusted to it. So it's easier for me to hold the line as time goes by. I think some people think it would just get harder and harder and harder. It actually gets easier as people adjust and they just get used to whatever you're doing. Yeah, and Gretchen, we should use this as a reminder to ourselves and everyone not to undermine people who are trying to stay the course. Like it can seem like, oh, it's so festive to have a drink. Like just, it's okay. Or, oh, you, you know, it's the holidays. You should have all this food that you're trying to avoid. Yeah. But it's actually not a loving gesture to press something on someone when they're trying to have a good habit. Absolutely. Like if they're trying to stay the course, the thing that we can do to help is to just allow them and to cooperate with whatever they're trying to do, not make them feel conspicuous and try to do what we can um, to make it easier for them to stay the course. Because you're right, in the short run, it can feel fun, but often over the long run, it's more fun to maintain those good habits. And I will say like, sometimes people are just so teetering on the edge yes. that you do have the power yes. to stop them, you know, from doing something they don't want to do or cause them to do it. So yeah. 
We have a lot of influence. Yeah, if someone's like, well, maybe I should go for a run. And you're like, no, no, sleep in, stay with me. And they're like, okay. You know, it's like, uh, exactly. yeah, yeah. Well, let us know if you do try this at home and how staying the course with your good habits works for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode. Leave a comment. It's happiercast.com slash 236 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a happiness hack about how to deal with the snooze alarm. Yes, Gretchen, another one. (laughs) We always have a new way to deal with the problem of snooze alarms. The first this break. There are some stories about our father's life that I truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, his retelling of the events always brings me joy. Just in time for Father's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all his stories for our family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your father or father figure's life for years to come. And Gretsch, you get a book of all these stories. And I love just keeping a book on the coffee table and anyone from any generation can see a story from dad, like what was his favorite toy or what was his first job? Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com happier. That's storyworth.com happier to save $10 on your first purchase. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone who has a small business. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Yes, Elizabeth, the snooze alarm is, you know, it seems to be the plague of modern life. People are constantly <laughs> trying to manage the snooze alarm and its temptation. So here, this is a happiness hack from a listener related to the snooze alarm. Yes. Kate says, I love the podcast and I wanted to share a quick tip for people who use an iPhone for their alarm clock. If you want to avoid using snooze, you can disable the snooze feature so it's not even an option when the alarm goes off. You just edit the alarm and switch off the snooze setting. I recently got in the habit of using the snooze button, so this trick helped me put an end to it. Well, this is Well, that's great. a good solution. Well, and here's the thing why I like this is that it's, it, it's, this is something, a theme that comes up over and over again, which is technology is a good servant and a bad master. And we need mm. to assert ourselves over our technology and remember that we can, we often have much more power. Like I didn't know this was something that a person could do with their phone. Mm. Like we often can adjust it and edit it and make changes so that it is works for us and change things that aren't working for us. And this is a great example of how like, 
if you don't like this news alarm, you can just take it right off your phone. You know, you're not, it's not the boss of you. You are the boss yeah. of your phone. Yeah. That's a great so hack. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Kate. And now, Alyssa, this is a new segment suggested by you. So great, which is the happier highlights. We are going to, from time to time, go back to some of our very, very favorite try this at home hacks, listener questions, because over time, we see certain things just are resonating more and more as time goes by. And it's funny, Alyssa, you know, we had that question from Pia about being a completist with listening. We have a lot of completist listeners. So there's a lot of people who are going way back and listening. And so it's like, let's talk about some of the great ideas from even now years ago uh, that we still find to be delightful, happiness-boosting suggestions. Yeah. So today, Gretch, we're going to talk about choosing a signature color. Yes. Uh, In episode 71, we suggested this is a try this at home, choosing a signature color. And it sparked so much response We actually, in episode 75, did a deep dive into color. Yes. People just got into this. And what was funny is a lot of people said that they didn't know they had a signature color. And then they like opened up the kitchen cabinet or like opened up their their clothes closet. And they're like, oh, I guess I do have a signature color because everything is this particular shade of green or whatever. Um, So it was sort of funny to realize you could have a signature color without even realizing it. And then, of course, a lot of people deliberately cultivate a signature color and will kind of go out of their way to choose things in that signature color, whether it's a phone case or the color of their living room, um, as a way to kind of put their signature color out into the world. Yeah, and I think it makes you happier because it also adds sort of a note of whimsy into life. Yes, you know, love whimsy. It's like, oh, I love eggplant. And therefore, yeah. whenever you get something that's eggplant, it, it's a little boost. It's a little yeah. happiness boost. Well, so happiness boost because you're like putting your identity in the world. It's also a way to eliminate decision fatigue because instead of like you're looking at, you know, a lot of times you're like, well, there's 20 examples of something. How do I even just pick one where I feel like I'm making a reasoned choice? It's like, oh, I have a signature color. Well, then this is easy because I'll just go for that one. Um, And it is fun. It's whimsy. Love whimsy. But here's the irony of it, Elizabeth, is that for all this talk of signature colors, you and I are kind of like hampered in this way. I finally figured out a sort of signature color. Where are you with signature color? I have still not (laughs) settled on a signature color. I haven't forgotten. I just have not settled. You know what I realized is I question my own taste level. Yeah. So I question if my signature color is the right signature color. Well, then it's also this question of, are you going to get tired of it? Like you go deep into eggplant and then like a year later, you're like, I'm tired of eggplant. I've just got like eggplant all over the place. This is why you and I can never get a tattoo because it's just too much of a commitment. Exactly. I mean, you know, how could you choose? Yeah. And people have suggested having a color of a season. So then it's like less of a signature color because you're not developing it over 20 years, but it's just for a season. It's just a fun something. So I should probably try that. But, um, you know, I'm also trying not to acquire stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And then Pantone every year has their color of the year. So you could have like a color of your own year. That's a very like Andy Warhol type of approach, which is like, this is my year of aquamarine or this is my year of fuchsia or whatever. Uh, This is my year of fawn. Um, but again, fine. yeah, it, it sort of suggests that you'd have to go out and get a lot of things to, to kind of evidence that color. And maybe you don't want to get all that stuff. Gretchen, what did you land on as your signature color? Okay. Now this sounds like I'm weaseling out of an answer, but it's actually true. 
which is that my signature color is the color wheel. This is a thing that I realize I keep gravitating to. Like I'll post pictures in the show notes. Like I have a notebook that I carry with me every day when I'm taking handwritten notes and it's got the color wheel on it. I bought these notebooks, other notebooks that have the color wheel. I have a giant collection of books about color because I'm obsessed with color and colored pencils, which again are like, Mm. it's the idea of the whole range of color. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just love any representation. There was a great uh, exhibit at the Cooper Hewitt, which was basically all representations of color wheels and, and kind of different ways of representing kind of all colors. And I got a necklace that has the color wheel on it. Um, yeah. So in a way, it's all, I don't know if it's a signature color, if it's really more of a signature symbol, like Eliza has her daisy and you have your lightning mm-hmm. bolt. It's kind of in between. But I would say for me, the color wheel has, has kind of taken that place. Okay, well, I'll accept it. Yeah, well, you can't get a color wheel, like, mixing bowl. But sometimes you can, you know what I mean? But it's it's slightly different, but, okay, you accept it. All right, I, I snuck in under the wire as, as okay. <laughs> excellent. Well, let us know what your current thoughts are on signature color, because this is an issue that is just, for some reason, fascinating. It's whimsical. It's a way to hook into the beauty of the world and um, and also reduce decision fatigue which is yes. And, ha- and um, post pictures of your yes. collections of your, of your signature color items um, yes. on Instagram and Twitter, hashtag happier podcast. No, because when the, in those episodes, 71 and 75, that was one of the things that was the most fun. I, one of the most memorable was a woman who had an urn for her mother's ashes that were in her mother's signature color. I was like, yeah, that is a way that. to use the signature color right there. Excellent. So we want to see it. And now it's time for a listener question. Remember, as always, you can leave us a voicemail question at 774-277-9336, which is also 77-HAPPY-336, or you can email us or leave us a voice memo at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Now, Gretchen, this week's listener gave her name, but because she discusses some medical information, we decided we'll just um, leave her name out. Right. She says, my husband and I are trying to come up with strategies to help him with a new habit. About a month ago, he began taking medication to help with anxiety and adult ADD, and it's helping tremendously. He was initially worried about starting the medicine, but he's told me multiple times since starting that he's very glad he's on it. The problem is remembering to take it. There have been several mornings where he has left for work only to have to come back home to take his medicine. My suggestion was to put it next to his coffee pot as he goes for coffee first thing in the morning and usually has a couple of refills before work. Unfortunately, when things are sitting in the same place day after day, he tends to feel like they fade into the background and then they don't get noticed anymore. He recently started setting reminders on his phone, but he gets distracted between seeing the notification and actually getting the medicine, ADD at work. Any suggestions? He's a questioner who is totally on board with this change, so much so that he doubles back to take the medicine when he forgets. We would love ideas for how to make the transition to daily medication easier and more convenient. Thanks in advance. Well, this is something so many people struggle with. Yeah, this is a big, this is a big issue. Uh, taking daily medication is very, very important for good health, but it can be challenging. One of the things I would say is, I thought it was a really good solution to put it right next to the coffee pot, but I totally get how then it just becomes part of the wallpaper of the kitchen and you don't even see it. One thing he might do is set a reminder on his phone the night before to put out a coffee mug with the medicine Mm. in the cup. 
Because I think if you have a coffee cup right there that you're going to fill with coffee and you see the pill in it or the pills in it, that is going to be a big reminder more than just like seeing a bottle of medication, which is kind of could fade out. But like actually seeing the pills in your cup rattling around, you would just need to do it the night before. Or maybe his wife could do it the night before. If it's the kind of thing that's easier for her, it's not a huge thing and that might help. I think that is a fantastic idea. Um, I've been struggling with this myself, Gretchen. So I take, you know, being a type one diabetic, I take various medicines and I have a great habit of taking these five pills I take every day. Um, I like put this mask on my face and then I take my pills and then I rinse off the mask. So I have a great Ah. just sort of habit. I rarely, rarely miss taking my pills. Right. The problem is now I'm supposed to also take a baby aspirin every day, Mm. um, which a lot of people do. And it's something you're not supposed to take on an empty stomach, which none of my other pills are. So mm. I, I can't take it first thing in the morning. And I just have not figured out how to incorporate it into my life such that I never miss it. And in fact, I've barely taken it at all. Well, one thing, ha- could you ask your doctor, do you really need it? Could you take it on an empty stomach and see how it affects you? Because maybe it's sort of one of these things that, like it actually doesn't mm. matter all that much. And since you would be so much more consistent with it. Maybe maybe they would say, well, try it and see if it bothers you. And if it doesn't bother you, fine. And if it does bother you, because it sounds like you have a great, that's the strategy of pairing, which is when the mask is on the face, that's when you take the medicine. And that's a really great idea because that's a very consistent way to do it. What about putting your baby aspirin by the coffee pot? Well, the problem is it's the same issue of having an empty stomach. That's why the coffee, I would love, I think your mug solution is genius, but it doesn't work for the whole empty stomach. I should probably, I don't know if I have a nightly thing that I do, incorporate it with that. Well, because part of it is also because you're so out of routine at work right now because you're in a period of transition where like your office is changing. Every day is different. You're not in a, like you don't have a regular day to try to pair it with. Or maybe could you tie it to something with Jack? Like, you do it mm. right before you tuck in Jack or something like that, where it's something mm-hmm. that you really want to do. And then you're like, I can't do this thing until I take the baby aspirin. Mm, uh, that's a good idea. I'll try that. Yeah. Try connecting it to Jack. Well, and one thing is pill organizers. It's it, like you can buy a yes. pill organizer for $10. You got to get a pill organizer. Here's a question. Could he have a- extra medicine that he has in his car so he doesn't have to go all the way back home? But then you get into that thing of like, did you take it or did you not take it? And that can get yes. risky because then you're sort of like, yes. yeah. So that's the thing about a pill organizer is whether or not you remember whether you did it, you know whether the pill for that day is empty yes. or not. So you don't have to try to keep that track of that. Well, I think he should start with trying this, um, putting the medicine in the mug. I think that's a great idea. Or maybe put the put the bottle inside the coffee can, uh, you know, or like something like that where it's like really in your face or like by his car keys where I have to move this bottle in mm. order to get the car keys. That's a good idea. Yeah. So that it doesn't. Have, well, th- so this is interesting. And if you have any great suggestions for this, as you said, Alyssa, this is something that many, many people face. Doctors talk about this all the time. Uh, that the challenge of getting people to consistently take medication. If you've come up with any great solutions, let us know because um, we can all learn from each other. Coming up, I give myself a demerit related to number six. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. 
Gretchen, I am always on the hunt for the perfect t-shirt and I found it at Quince. So well-priced, such good quality. I am in love with the Slub crew neck tee. I have it in white. I'm getting it in black, possibly multiples. I love it so much. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the costs of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right. It's time for demerits and gold stars. And Elizabeth, this is your week to give a demerit. Gretchen, in episode 116 of Happier in Hollywood, Sarah and I talked about how she was in a, quote, health lull. Mm-hmm. And... I am struggling with a similar thing. You know that I um, chose the number six for my theme of 2019, yeah. which means that I want to get my A1C, which is a number associated with being a type one diabetic, to a six or near a six. And I want to get to a size six. Mm-hmm. So I started off the year doing great, got to pretty much a size eight, I would say, mm-hmm. eight, sometimes 10. But I cannot keep going to a six. Okay. So I've, I think I've mentioned this on the show. I was having problems. Then I got back in the groove. So I started again and it was going well. And I'm like, okay, great. And this is where the demerit comes in. As soon as I started losing weight again, I was like, okay, good. Now I can eat. Mm. Now I can snack at night. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, that stopped it again. So it's like, that's my demerit is like, I go on my path. I'm doing well on my path. And then because I'm doing well, I get off the path. Well, I don't know if it's a comfort, but this is like a major category of loopholes. So in Better Than Before, I write about the 10 categories of loopholes. Um, They're all popular, but this is the loophole called moral licensing, which means, Mm. which is when we say, I've been so good, I deserve to do X. And it's Uh, a super popular loophole. (laughs) And you know what, Gretchen? The other thing is if anyone says, oh, Liz, you look so good. You look like you've lost weight. That's the worst thing you can say to me because the Mm. second someone says that, I eat. It's Mm. like a weird thing where I'm like, oh, I look good. Okay, where are the chips? Right. But I guess I just have to, what, recommit? 
Well, I think, well, outer accountability, because you're an obliger, so how to pull in that outer accountability. And then I also feel like with the thing about loopholes is it is really helpful to just be aware mm. that mm -hmm. that you are invoking a loophole. I think the more conscious we are of loopholes, like my go-to loophole, I have to say, is false choice, which is like, mm. I'm doing this, I have no time for that. You know, I can't possibly go to the dentist because I'm so busy writing. And it's like, really? Mm. Your writing is keeping you from going to the dentist? Like, that's really a false choice. But even now, because I'm so aware of false choice, the minute I make one, I'm aware of it. And I, I'm sort of, I can kind of bust myself in my head. So maybe even just by giving yourself this, this demerit out loud and by sort of realizing that it's not helpful to you, that it really is kind of a, uh, it's really tripping you up just at the moment that you're succeeding. The very fact that you're succeeding is kind of getting in your way. Maybe by being conscious of that, you'll be able to uh, argue against it in your own head and say, like, this is not a re this should be energizing me to stay the course, not making me feel like now's the time to step away from the course. All right, Gretch, for accountability, I'm going to say in like episode, let's say like 241, I'll have to report and like hopefully give myself a gold star for being back on my path. Okay, I'm writing this down. I'm going to put it in the show. You know, I have this elaborate calendar where I make yeah. notes about stuff that's coming up. So I'm writing myself a note and we will come back to that. Episode 241. Listeners, listen for this. Make a note in your head. We are going to hold her to it. Elizabeth, we are all your outer accountability. We are here for you. Oh, we goodness. are watching you. We are monitoring you. We're checking up on yes. you. We, we know if you've been bad or good, you know. All right, I'm committed. Okay, okay Gretch. <laughs> um, now, um, what is your gold star this week? So gold star. So every once in a while, I don't know about you, but like in our family, we're like, we want to watch a show together. And mm. it, sometimes it can be hard to find a show that everybody feels like watching. And we discovered a great show uh, that's now on Netflix. It's seven episodes. No, it's only five episodes, actually. So it's kind of a good contained thing. It's a show called Typewriter. And mm. it's about a girl who has a ghost club. Um, and here's the, the official description from Netflix. Typewriter is about a haunted house and a haunted book that stir the imagination of a group of young wannabe ghost hunters determined to capture the ghost that plagues the notorious home in their neighborhood in Goa. When a new family move into the haunted home, the crew finds it difficult to balance the demands of school with a renewed urgency to capture the neighborhood ghost before it is too late. Um, so part of what makes this interesting is that it's in Hindi. Um, we listened, we, we had subtitles, but you can also have it dubbed. And it's set in Goa. So it's a whole kind of interesting setting. It's an original series from the writer-director Sujoy Ghosh. It's really fun. But Gretchen, how scary is it? Like what age kids will like this? The fact is parts of it are funny. Like the dog does funny things and it's like the kids are getting in trouble at school, but parts of it are really scary. Like there is a ghost, there's a haunted child, there's things jumping out. Um, it's pretty scary. So we watched it with Eleanor, who's 14, who did not find it all that scary. But I think you got to know your family and how, yeah. how scared uh, they are. The first episode is as scary as it gets. So if okay. you can handle the first episode, you can go the whole way. And it is very suspenseful. There's all these kind of interesting mysteries along the way. But I won't say that it is not scary. It is a vengeful, malicious very uh, deadly ghost um, you know, <laughs> running amok in somebody's house. So there you have it. But it's great. It's great. I highly recommend it. Typewriter. Okay, that's when I'll have to check out. So much great TV. Yes. 
And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Stay the course when it comes to your good habits. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you and how you stayed the course. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you like the show, do please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. The resources for this week. Remember, if you are giving one of my books as a gift, you can request a personalized free book play uh, for a friend or for yourself if you want it for yourself. Or I can sign signature cards if you have an audiobook or an ebook. And so I will post a link where you can request that and put in the names and I'll personalize it. And um, I need your mailing address because these are actual physical things that I will mail to you. Um, and if you have recently discovered the Four Tendencies framework and want to learn more, uh, you can read my book, The Four Tendencies. Or if you like video courses, I have a video course at courses.gretchenrubin.com. Um, you can do it in five weeks or you can go at your own pace. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. Gretchen, where did you find a color wheel necklace? Uh, I got it from the Museum of Modern Art uh, store, mm. which is a great place to buy sort of like little gifties for Christmas. And so um, Eliza and Eleanor put it in my Christmas stocking because they knew how much Aww. I liked color wheels. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. From the Onward Project. <laughs>